Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. How do you... How do you know you're addicted to popcorn? If you have to have four or five bags a day. Well, I don't do that. No. So I'm not an addict. No. I wouldn't say that. I, It's It's kind of like, it's moderation. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I have it like a bag and a half. Is that okay? That's okay. All right. Anything under three, I think, is good. And under three bags? Under three bags. Yes. Now, three at a time may be overkill. You know, yeah. you got to spread it out during the day. And that's according to Popcorn Anonymous. <laughs> when I go to the movie, man, I, I I'm not big on sharing. <laughs> Huh? Oh, the bucket, the bucket, the big the bucket. Bu- do, you, do you get yourself a bucket? Yeah, the huge bucket. But now I you don't can, share with Allison. You don't. Share yeah, I do, but it, I don't have a good attitude about it. Okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want. Uh, it's reluctant. Been there, done that. Understand that. <laughs> you have to get that salt, you know, and put it on there. Uh huh. And butter. And but yeah, I don't put a lot of butter. I don't like the butter fingers, but but the salt. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Popcorn is a is a uh, comfort food, I guess you could say, for me. Sure. Uh, Steve Jordahl, good morning, Steve. Good morning, Tim. I, one of the signs of being a, an addict of popcorn is if you spend too many calories that you can't afford. On popcorn? Them. On popcorn. That's a, that's is popcorn high in calories? I, I don't know. It's just a it sign of... It can't be too high. It's, it's, just, it's basically air. It's a sign of an addiction, though, when you spend more than you can afford on something. Maybe is a sign of a problem if you're having to ask people out loud. Is it first, the first? Right, that, that may be <laughs> the first step is admitting you have a problem. Tim. That's I, right. I'm just going to tell you fellas that I don't think the Bible says a word about popcorn consumption. You read it. Look, I'm reading it right now. I haven't run into the word you, popcorn. You anywhere. tell me, Ray. As I you can't read, find it anywhere in the Bible. Okay, if you read through the Bible and you get to Ecclesiastes and. And it starts talking about popcorn consumption. You let me know, okay? We're going to go on the air. We're going to read that passage if we find it. When he gets to the book of Hezekiah. Is that where popcorn is? <laughs> Hezekiah 7, 8, right along in there. <laughs> is that? Okay. There's no book. <laughs> Called Hezekiah. Hezekiah. Popcorn? Huh? Yeah. Uh, Hezekiah is one of those things you bring up every now and then when somebody says, I think it's in the Bible. Oh, I got you. If people don't know where it is in the Bible, but they think it's in there, they just throw up Hezekiah. Hezekiah. Because they know nobody's going to fact check them. (laughs) Well, yeah. And they're not going to find it. (laughs) And they're not going to find anything anyway, right? That's right. All right. Tim, Fred, Ray, and now Steve Jordahl joins us on Today's Issues. That's the name of this show, Today's Issues, here on American Family Radio. I want to uh, put your mind at ease. And, Ray, maybe you can exegete this particular verse. Okay. But Genesis twenty seven twenty eight might be applicable here. Mm-hmm. It says, Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Okay, so that. God is good with me that. having plenty of popcorn. It says corn, but... But you can pop it. You can pop it. I don't see it, it you know... There may be something in the mikvahs. Yeah, I'll tell that. you another thing that uh, <laughs> about corn. You want some corn, you tune in tomorrow because J.J. can bring it. <laughs> for to, You know, for Trivia Friday. Add the Y. The king of corn. Yes. The king of corn. That's mm-hmm. right. The king of corn comedy. Mm-hmm. Brother J.J. Jasper. He can do it. He, he, yeah. 
All right. Uh, and uh, they're, they're, it's funny. They, they, they had a mocking, but yep. <laughs> it's funny one time. <laughs> yes. Now, J.J., he'll, sometimes he'll forget he's told you those corny jokes. He'll tell you three or four times. Yeah, he goes through the hallways mm-hmm. doing test runs. <laughs> he's got a corn Rolodex. Yes. Of corny jokes, I mean. Uh-huh. All right, Steve, bring us down. <laughs> no, I just, I'll tell you right now that they're now convening the House of Representatives as we speak, and they have had their prayer. They've saluted the flag. They're asking the tellers to come forward, and they're going to start this process the again. Tellers? The tellers? The bank? The people that count the votes. Oh. Okay, the People that record the votes. They're called tellers. Anyway, um, they're going to start voting on the to see if we can find a uh, Speaker of the House today. And, uh, what, this, what's going to happen, Steve? Well, this courtesy of my Twitter feed, even though Kevin McCarthy has now lost five straight times, he can still make the playoffs with a Jaguars win and a Steelers loss or tie. <laughs> That's pretty good, Steve. <laughs> That's you got to give me credit for that. Uh, I got to credit my Twitter feed for that. Oh, your Twitter feed. Yeah. Uh, right. But is he? It, 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 we heard Jim Banks a little yeah. bit, uh, who's a friend of yours, the congressman from Indiana. That worked with him at Focus. He I'll sounded like he thinks Kevin McCarthy will be elected today. Well, I tell you what, we're going to know something in the, in the next couple minutes. I'm watching C-SPAN, and I've got the, the, the uh, closed captioning up. If the Republicans only nominate Jim, uh, one person, then it's over. If they made the deal— It's over in the sense that Kevin McCarthy will be elected. Yeah, if they nominate Kevin McCarthy and they don't nominate Jim Jordan or gotcha. Aaron Donalds or anybody else— then, the, then, we'll then, know. then we'll know, and we'll know before they even start to take the vote. Now, if they do, I, I would assume if they do put another name into nomination, that doesn't necessarily mean that they won't make the votes. There are probably some never, you know, uh, McCarthy holdouts that maybe not enough to sway the vote, but we'll know pretty soon what's going on. Okay. Um. I wanted to start here. This is you brought this uh, story up, Tim, and I think it's a uh, well. You want to talk about what's going on there? Sure. On TV. So President Biden is in the middle of uh, making a speech. He's sitting in front of. He's in the White House, and Vice President Kamala Harris is holding up the American flag on his right. Um, he's talking about his border visit, and we were listening a little bit in the break. And uh, he's saying, man, he is going to be fierce now. They've got plans in place to keep this border uh, from opening up and everything. And, uh, Fred, you were listening uh, yeah. to a little bit of what he said, and I noticed a little, little bit maybe of a skeptical look on your face. All right. We're two years into this administration, and today he says, now I'm going to do something. All right. So for two years, he's admitting, I've done nothing. And we know anywhere our, our Border Patrol people have told us millions right. have come across our right. southern border. <clears throat> so Joe Biden today is saying, okay, now we're going to get tough. Uh, we, we've got this phone app that you can put on your phone, and, and you can go there and make an appointment uh, to prove to us uh, your claims of asylum. So you're going to walk up to the border, and what do you need for proof? Well, Biden didn't tell us that today. But here's the thing that really galls me. He said, here's another new plan we have. When you get to the border and you make your claim, you're going to have to have a sponsor in the United States who agrees to take care of you so that you're not going to be a burden on our economy. Well, ding, ding, ding. When I applied for a green card in 1996, I had to do that. So there's nothing new in this, folks. 
this even though been, he's acting like it is. He's acting like we're getting tough. Right, I got you. This, this just galls me to no end. And most of the American people, because they're going to listen to liberal broadcasters who will say, this is just wonderful stuff, Joe Biden getting tough at the border. No, he's not. This is stuff that's been in place for a long time that this administration has ignored. Yeah. He said he's going to uh, El Paso when? Well, next week, this the conference that's in Mexico. You know uh, what? Okay, we'll go go to the border. I want to see what he says and does while he's down there. I'm curious about that. But quite frankly, uh, you know, we told you two years ago that the uh, dam had burst. Yes. Because you you wanted it that way and because of your policies. So now the valley's flooded, and now you show up going, you know, we're going to rebuild this dam. Mm-hmm. That's basically what he's yep. what he's saying. And uh, we'll see. Ray, I, I just – anyway. Uh, Why should we take seriously anything the Democrats say about border security? Right. They didn't mean it yesterday. Right. They don't mean it today. They're not going to mean it tomorrow. Right. I agree. I, I think the evidence is clear. Two years yeah. into this. Two years into this. <clears throat> and remember, uh, remember all the Democrat candidates, including Biden, when they had their primary two and a half years ago, whenever it was, and they said, "Are you for if you're in favor for providing free health care for anybody who comes to America, raise your hand and he all of them including Biden raise their hand so and then he said I invite a surge I get elected I'll invite a surge I'll invite a surge mm-hmm. so he's done nothing but invite millions of, and they've come yes and they're coming from all over the world mm-hmm. uh, some estimates three to four to five million people since Biden has been the record numbers yep. uh, of people have come into the US illegally mm-hmm and are now just spread out all over the country. And our Border Patrol people have been crying for help. Right. Stop this. Right. We have Democrats that represent districts there along the border who say, this is a crisis. We're overrun. What gets me is they let these folks who come here, uh, and granted, these people, many of them who are coming to our borders, Steve, are desperate people, poor people, people who've lived in poverty. They've made their way to the U.S., we're hoping to get in and be a part of, uh, you know, our economy, so right, to speak. Right. Uh, and so you can't, I don't fault people for those kinds of aspirations. But if if the if the criteria for letting people into America is you got to be, is being poor or in poverty, uh, and every, then it's y'all come, then you know what, we got to let, we got to let half the world in. Right under 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 if if that's your half, yeah. if that's your criteria, uh, the the United States made a contract with us. Uh, the government has made a contract with us that they will, for example, um, defend our borders. That they will maintain an economy, um, the, a social contract. That I will have a uh, a retirement. That Social Security will be there for me when I retire, and all these things. And uh, influx of, um, uh, without restraint, an influx of immigrants without restraint puts those promises in jeopardy. I mean, people say, well, you know, why do we deserve to be the rich country and everybody else be poor? Why don't we share the wealth after all? Isn't that scriptural? 
yeah, it's scriptural uh, to, to, to care for the least of these as an individual Christian, but God designs governments for a whole different purpose. Yeah. And they've made a contract with their citizens that we, that we if we participate in this society, in this culture, that we have certain guarantees and, and a, a secure border and a uh, possible future uh, without yeah. you know, ruining Yeah, cultures. but if the president and one major political party don't care... This is what you end up with. And they're in line, and they're coming over. By, they're going to continue to come from around the world until it stops. It's interesting. Um, in this little news conference that the president just had, he said there's basically four countries involved here. He said Venezuela, Haiti, uh, Cuba, and Nicaragua. Well, that's not true. The border people said they've encountered people from over 150 different countries. Russia, Russians are coming here. China, Ukraine, Russia. Yeah, they're coming here. Uh, yeah, so you know, four, uh, four to five million people uh, since Biden uh, got into office. And all right, Steve, next story. All right, um, I, I want to know if you guys remember this artist from the nineteen seventies. Cut nine. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you know who this is? I sure do. Yeah. Who, who is that? Dionne Warwick. That's Dionne Warwick. Mm-hmm. There's a story out there, and the reason we're telling this is because I think it has some application for today. There's a new documentary out where she talks uh, about some things that happened. And one of the stories that they tell is a bunch of rappers on Death Row from Death Row Records. Is this from the 90s Gangsters. or the 2000s? This happened uh, happened probably the 80s when they were, they were starting to get... Um, fairly popular what rappers, rap, rap, rappers rap. were. And Deanne Warwick was a little upset because the rapping lyrics were fairly misogynistic. They were they were really not kind to women and using bad language. And, and uh, Deanne Warwick, who was an icon in the industry, invited four or five of these, including Snoop Dogg and, uh, um, and Tupac Shakur, if you know those names, uh, to her house. And she says, show up at 7 in the morning. Well, they show up at uh, 6.58 or whatever, so they're on time. And she goes in there, and she has to make a point. So she says, I want you to look at me and call me this misogynistic name to my face. It's the B word. Yeah. Call call me that to my face. And they were, they, of course, this was an icon of theirs. This is someone who had a pioneer in the, in the field, and that, that just felt so wrong of them. And she says, you know... Uh, you may have daughters one day. You might want to rethink uh, the way you present your lyrics. Now, obviously, it didn't have a whole lot of uh, effect on all of rap uh, and music, but at least uh, Snoop Dogg says they got out gangstered that day. And here's the reason I'm telling the story, Ray. Um, they couldn't do in person what they could do at, on a recording. Uh, you know, right? And and social media right now, we see people being able to yell and swear and do and be the meanest, most vile people on air because they don't have to speak to somebody face to face. But we're getting to the point, Ray, where it's becoming it's bleeding over into reality, and we're seeing in these videos we see all the time that we are starting to act in person like we act online. It's scaring me a little bit. 
Well, number one, while you were talking, I was just scanning through Twitter, and you know, it looks to me like eighty to ninety percent of these uh, uh, things that are coming up on my Twitter timeline, Steve, they're anonymous. They're there's some strange name, and you don't know who this person is. People clearly are using anonymous accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and these other social media platforms to say anything they want to say because there will be no accountability. Nobody, there's no Dion Warwick to say, meet me at my house at 7 a.m. and right. don't be late. Right. Uh, I guess what you're saying is it has led to uh, a dangerous trend now of people, even in person, feeling free to be rude, misogynistic, racist, whatever, face-to-face with people. That's a that's a truly yeah. frightening move in the wrong direction. Well, good for Dionne Warwick. Uh, this story was told by Snoop Dogg, right? Yes, in a new documentary. He, that yeah, he was being interviewed. Which I cannot recommend. I don't know anything about it. But. Pardon me? The documentary. I cannot recommend the documentary. Right. We don't know anything about yeah. that. That was just, This was just a story in the news about that documentary. Most people know who Snoop Dogg is. He's uh, because he's on commercials, and mm. even though you may not know his, his his rap music, but I looked up. He he st- he got started in 1992. Okay, yeah. All and, right. And T- Tupac nice, yeah. Shakur uh, was also one of the early rappers, right? Who yes. got met, was famous, and he was killed uh, early on. Somebody shot him. Yep. Right. The, the 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 rap music. A lot of rap music is 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 very tied up in uh, gangster activity and drugs and alcohol and promiscuity and misogyny. I mean, it's uh, a lot. Not I don't know. I don't. A lot of it is built on that reputation. Mm-hmm. That's why you see so many of the rappers. They look like gangsters. You know, they got wife beater shirts on. You know, they got <clears throat> they they uh, they talk filthy. And, and they talk about uh, girls and women, basically like they're animals. Yeah, I mean, very that, that, so that's and every week you see a not maybe not every week, but every couple of weeks there's some gang, some rapper I never heard of because I don't keep up with that, shot and killed hmm. by another by a gang. I mean, there there is a crossover between reality and art, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and it's been very devastating to youth culture, in particular young black males. It has. Uh, this whole rap and gangster rap uh, culture because it it's very rebellious and very violent and um, basically glorifies, you know, uh, promiscuity and and gangster activity. I mean, it really does. That's a, the, and many of the you could you could even play a lot of the lyrics. In fact, a lot of the lyrics uh, have have black young artists rappers calling each other the, the N word. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just there's not much redeemable, okay, about the uh, rap music in my view. Again, uh, I'm talking about, and this is what Snoop Dogg was talking about. Dion Warwick, back to our point, she brings him and and uh, Tupac Shakur in, I guess, in the '90s, and and makes them sit down in front of her. And she's is she still alive? She is. She's eighty something now. Okay, Dion Warwick, just yeah. a beautiful voice and wonderful singer. And she had a lot of hits back in the '60s and '70s. Yeah, 
Good stuff. And she says to them, okay, I'm sitting down face-to-face with you right now, and I'm sure she was old enough to be their mom. Yep. And she says, call me the B word. Just say it out loud. <laughs> call me the B word right here, right now, in my den. And and uh, Snoop Dogg said it changed. He didn't. He, he quit. He quit doing that. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't. He might have. Again, I don't follow In his it rap either. lyrics. I don't follow it either. But uh, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he may have. Anyway, act a little bit. Anyway, uh, so Dionne Warwick. You know, Dionne Warwick wasn't she the aunt of Whitney Houston? I don't know. Maybe was she? I think she. Maybe she. she I think she was. I have to look that up. Anyway. All right, next story, Steve. Uh, well, we got just a little bit here. Uh, let's do this. Um, I, I, I'm going to be playing music today, I guess. So uh, the, on Sunday, uh, as you go to your churches, you know how they like to redo lyrics of hymns and just kind of freshen them, them up a little bit? Well, someone is freshening up the lyrics of uh, what a friend we have in Jesus, which is important to do. We, we do have a friend in Jesus, and we want to... You know, make sure that these lyrics are fresh and everything. So I want to know if uh, this maybe if you hear this coming into your um, uh, church on Sunday morning and what you're going to say, cut 16. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh. Well, there you go. So that's coming. <laughs> Okay, what is that we just listened to? <laughs> it was an old worship uh, team doing worship fail in uh, in a church. So, mm. yeah. So, <laughs> what was that? Just a little meant to inspire us, Steve. Or <laughs> yeah, feel inspired. Just, huh? Do you feel inspired? Get up and sound like a children's video, huh? Yeah, no, it it, these were grown ups in suits and ties that were singing this, singing that right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think I, that is that that video that's been going around the internet of the, these folks in suits and ties doing the. There may, it may be. It may I be. Think I think I've seen that. <laughs> All right, Steve. What All else right. you got? Well, I'll tell you this. I'm I'm watching this, and uh, they have put forward Donald Byron's name uh, as a. Um, Byron Donald. Byron Donald, sorry. Byron Donald's name as a candidate for Speaker of the House. So we are going to have a vote. It doesn't look like they've at least reached a unanimous agreement that I'm uh, aware of. I'm just kind of taking this up as I'm reading the the closed captioning. So it looks like we may have – we're going to at least have one more vote. Um, I I think that's what they're doing. So um, that I – we won't know by the time – what, a minute – What's going on there? Dionne Warwick and Whitney Houston were cousins. Cousins? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. They were cousins. Um, so, so you're saying he, he, we're not going to have a, Kevin McCarthy Wheeler won't be elected on the seventh vote? Well, so here we don't really know because maybe they're putting him up and maybe only two or three of these holdouts are going to vote for Donald's and then – um, Kevin McCarthy would get the right amount but of people. You told us earlier that if somebody else were announced, like Donald's, that that means Kevin McCarthy would not be voted on. Oh no! What I what I said is, if they don't announce somebody else, Kevin would be would be right. Win. Oh, I if see. they do, it's possible that it probable that they will uh, have to have further rounds of votes. Although he could still win, depending on how many. So I misconstrued your words. Yeah, but it wasn't purpose. Or misunderstood, so. right? Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. Fred, thank you. You bet. Ray, appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. 
My thanks to Chris Woodward and uh, let's see who else was on today. Brandon Showalter from the Christian Post and uh, Brent Creeley, who's our producer, ran the board for us today. And we thank you for listening to today's issues and to American Family Radio. Keep listening to AFR throughout the day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow for Trivia Friday.